0: Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco.
1: Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where history comes alive through the lens of artificial
0: intelligence. I'm your host, Chuck, joined by the ever-knowledgeable Marco. Glad to be here, Chuck. Today, we're diving into one of the pivotal battles of ancient history, the Battle of Pharsalus. That's right, Marco. A clash between
1: Julius Caesar and Pompey the Great, reshaping the Roman world. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's thank our sponsor. From the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A Ripple Through Time, Franklin's Folly Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Time has never been more fragile. On Amazon now. And we're
0: back. So, Chuck, set the scene for us. What was happening in the world before this legendary showdown? The Roman Republic was teetering on the brink of collapse.
1: Power struggles, political corruption, and social unrest were the
0: order of the day. Exactly. And at the heart of this chaos were two titans, Julius Caesar and Pompey the Great. Caesar, a military genius and a political maverick, and Pompey, Rome's most celebrated general.
1: Their rivalry was more than personal, it was a battle for the future of Rome itself. Let's rewind to the broader canvas of the ancient world before we zero in on Pharsalus. The Roman Republic, a powerhouse for centuries, was starting to show cracks in its armor. Absolutely,
0: Chuck. It was a period marked by social and political upheaval. The Republic was struggling with internal conflicts, widening economic disparities, and the aftermath of the Spartacus slave rebellion.
1: And don't forget the political reforms. The populars, led by figures like Julius Caesar, sought reforms to help the common people, while the optimates, represented by the likes of Pompey, aimed to maintain the
0: status quo in the power of the Senate. That's right. And it's in this cauldron of conflict that two power blocks emerged. On one side, the first triumvirate, Caesar, Pompey, and Crassus, a political alliance that dominated Roman politics. But cracks soon appeared in this alliance. Crassus's death in
1: 53 BC during the Parthian campaign left a power vacuum, and the relationship between
0: Caesar and Pompey began to sour. Meanwhile, Caesar's conquests in Gaul had made him immensely popular and powerful, something that threatened the Senate and Pompey. Exactly.
1: His victories in Gaul were more than just military triumphs, they were political statements. He was hailed as a hero by the masses, but the Senate saw
0: him as a threat to their authority. And when the Senate backed by Pompey, ordered Caesar to disband his army and return to Rome as a private citizen. It was a clear challenge to his power. Caesar's response? Crossing the Rubicon in 49 BC, a definitive act of defiance that marked the start of the Civil War. It was more than
1: a mere crossing of a river, it was a crossing into a new era of Roman history.
0: This bold move was essentially Caesar throwing down the gauntlet to Pompey in the Senate. And so, the stage was set for a showdown political alliances broken, armies mobilized, and ideologies clashing. Rome was on the brink of a transformation, the reverberations of which would be felt for centuries. That's the world stage on which the Battle of Pharsalus was set. Two of Rome's greatest generals, former allies, now pitted against each other in a battle for the future of Rome. Diving deeper into the planning phase, Chuck, it's fascinating to see how both leaders prepared for this epic confrontation.
1: Absolutely, Marco. Let's start with Caesar. Despite being outnumbered, Caesar's strategy was anchored in his confidence in his troops and his own tactical genius. He was marching into this battle with roughly 22,000
0: men, most of whom were veterans of his campaigns in Gaul. These men were not just soldiers, they were fiercely loyal to Caesar, having shared victories and hardships under his command. Their training and experience in diverse combat situations gave Caesar a significant qualitative edge. On the other side Pompey's army was a formidable force of about
1: 45,000 men. But there's a twist. While Pompey's troops were numerically superior, they were less cohesive. Many were fresh recruits and
0: not as battle-hardened as Caesar's veterans. Moreover, Pompey's forces were a mix of different contingents, Roman legions, auxiliary forces, and allied troops. This diversity could have been an advantage, but it also presented a challenge in terms of command and control. And let's not forget Pompey's cavalry, the cream of the Roman equestrian
1: class. They were well-equipped, well-trained, and in superior numbers compared to Caesar's cavalry.
0: Now, in terms of planning, Caesar knew his weakness lay in numbers. So, he focused on maximizing the efficiency and effectiveness of his smaller force. He trained them rigorously, ensuring they could move quickly and strike decisively. Caesar was also a master of psychological warfare.
1: He knew the morale and loyalty of his troops were his greatest assets. He often
0: addressed them personally, bolstering their confidence and commitment. Pompey's strategy, meanwhile, leaned heavily on his numerical superiority. His plan was to use his larger infantry and dominant cavalry to outflank and overwhelm Caesar's forces. That's
1: right. Pompey was under immense political pressure, especially from the Senate, to end the war quickly. This pressure influenced his strategic decisions
0: perhaps making him
1: more cautious and less innovative compared to Caesar.
0: In sum, we have Caesar, the underdog, relying on the quality and loyalty of his troops and his own tactical brilliance. And Pompey, the established military leader, banking on sheer numbers and traditional Roman military doctrine. A true clash of tactics and strategies,
1: setting the stage for one of the most fascinating battles in ancient history. Now, let's delve into the tactical genius and the unfolding of events at Pharsalus. The battlefield chosen was near Pharsalus in central Greece, a flat plain, which Pompey believed would favor his superior cavalry and larger infantry.
0: Pompey's main tactic was to use his cavalry to outflank Caesar's right wing. He deployed his infantry in the traditional triple-line formation, with his numerous cavalry and archers on the left flank.
1: But Caesar, aware of his disadvantage in cavalry, had a trick up his sleeve. He secretly formed an elite fourth line, composed of six cohorts known as the Antisignani. These were his most experienced troops, tasked with specifically
0: countering Pompey's cavalry. As the battle commenced, Pompey's infantry advanced slowly, expecting Caesar's forces to rush towards them, as was customary in Roman battles.
1: But Caesar, breaking traditional norms, ordered his men to advance slowly, conserving their energy. This move took Pompey's forces by surprise and
0: disrupted their rhythm. Then at the critical moment, Caesar's infantry charged. The intensity of this charge, led by battle-hardened veterans, put immediate pressure on Pompey's first line. Simultaneously, Pompey's cavalry, confident in their
1: numbers, began their flanking maneuver. But they were in for a shock. Caesar's hidden fourth line emerged, not only stopping the cavalry but pushing them back.
0: This was a pivotal moment. Caesar's antisignani were armed with pila which were heavy javelins, which they hurled at the oncoming cavalry, causing chaos and disrupting their formation.
1: Overwhelmed by this unexpected resistance Pompey's cavalry began to retreat. The retreat of the cavalry exposed Pompey's left flank, creating
0: a gap in his lines. Seizing this opportunity, Caesar's third line, which had been held in reserve, advanced. They attacked the now-exposed flank of Pompey's infantry. This maneuver was a masterstroke. It turned the tide of the battle.
1: Pompey's troops, already struggling against Caesar's frontal assault, now faced attacks
0: from multiple directions. With his left flank collapsing, and the center and right lines buckling under pressure, Pompey's army began to disintegrate. Pompey himself, realizing the battle was lost, retreated from the field, heading to his camp.
1: Caesar, sensing victory, ordered a general advance. His troops,
0: energized by the turn of events, pushed Pompey's forces back with relentless aggression. The retreat turned into a rout. Pompey's camp was overrun, and what began as an orderly withdrawal quickly became a desperate flight. The Battle of Pharsalus thus ended in
1: a decisive victory for Caesar. His strategic brilliance, combined with the skill and loyalty of his troops, overcame the odds and secured his place in history.
0: A true testament to the art of warfare, where strategy, tactics, and the morale of troops can turn the tides against sheer numbers. The Battle of Pharsalus, while a strategic masterpiece, was also a stage where numerous acts of heroism were displayed, and sadly, where many lives were lost. Indeed Marco. Let's start with the heroes.
1: On Caesar's side, one standout figure was Mark Antony, who was commanding the left wing. His leadership and courage under pressure played a crucial role in
0: holding the line against Pompey's infantry. And let's not forget Caesar himself. His presence on the battlefield, leading from the front, was inspirational. He was seen everywhere, bolstering the morale of his troops, making critical decisions on the fly. On Pompey's side, we had officers like Lucius Afranius and Marcus Petrius, who
1: fought valiantly to try and turn the tide of the battle. Their commitment to their commander
0: and their troops was exemplary. The real heroes, however, were the rank-and-file soldiers. These men, from both sides, fought with bravery and determination. Many of them were not career soldiers, but had taken up arms out of loyalty to their leaders or the Republic. Absolutely, Marco. And let's talk about the casualties.
1: The battle was bloody, but interestingly, the casualty figures were quite
0: asymmetrical. True. Caesar's casualties were relatively low, estimated to be around 1,200. This low number is attributed to his tactical acumen and the discipline of his troops. In stark contrast Pompey's army
1: suffered heavily. While exact numbers are debated, it's believed that he lost around
0: 15,000 men, both in the battle and in the ensuing rout. This high number of casualties on Pompey's side was not just due to the battle itself, but also the chaotic retreat, where many were slain or trampled in the panic. The aftermath of the battle saw further loss
1: of life. Many of Pompey's soldiers were captured. While Caesar famously pardoned many, the fate of others was less fortunate.
0: The aftermath also saw tales of individual bravery and tragedy. Soldiers searching for their fallen comrades, tales of last stands, and acts of mercy from victors to the vanquished. The
1: Battle of Pharsalus, thus, was not just a clash of armies, but a human drama,
0: where courage, loyalty, despair, and sacrifice were on full display. A sobering reminder of the human cost of war, Chuck. The heroes of Pharsalus, known and unknown, remind us of the valor and the tragedy inherent in such historic conflicts.
1: The impact of the Battle of Pharsalus on the Roman world was profound and far-reaching. This wasn't just a military victory, it was a turning point in Roman history.
0: Absolutely, Chuck. Caesar's victory at Pharsalus essentially marked the end of the Roman Republic. The balance of power, which had been teetering for years, now decisively shifted in favor of a single ruler, and that ruler was Julius Caesar.
1: His triumph at Pharsalus catapulted him to a position of unmatched power. He returned to Rome not just as a victorious general, but as a ruler with
0: near-absolute authority. The political implications were enormous. The Senate, which had been the cornerstone of Roman political life, saw its power significantly diminished. Caesar's victory signaled the decline of senatorial authority and the rise of autocracy.
1: Let's not forget the social and cultural shifts. Caesar's ascent and the subsequent changes he implemented began to transform Roman society.
0: His reforms touched various aspects of life, from the calendar to social welfare. And in a broader sense, the battle hastened the transformation from a republic to an empire. Caesar's adopted heir Augustus would later consolidate this shift, Becoming the first Roman emperor.
1: On the military front, the battle had lasting implications for how military loyalty and service were perceived. The loyalty of Caesar's troops to him, rather than to the Senate or Rome itself, set a precedent. It highlighted the growing
0: importance of personal loyalty and charisma in military leadership. The battle also had a psychological impact. It demonstrated the effectiveness of innovative tactics and the importance of morale and discipline over sheer numbers. This would influence military strategies for centuries to come. Internationally, Caesar's victory reasserted Roman
1: dominance. It sent a clear message to foreign powers about the strength and stability of Caesar's rule, affecting Rome's interactions with other civilizations.
0: And finally, the legacy of Pharsalus continued to influence Roman politics and culture. The battle and its key figures became a part of Roman law, celebrated in literature, theater, and public discourse.
1: In sum, the Battle of Pharsalus was not just a pivotal military engagement, it was a catalyst that accelerated the transition of Rome from a republic to an empire, reshaping the Roman world and its trajectory in history. Before we wrap up, a big thank you to our listeners. Please rate, follow, and
0: share the History AI podcast. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget, you can suggest topics for future episodes through our social media channels. We love hearing from you. Until next time, this is Chuck and Marco signing off from the History AI podcast. Stay curious.